0: This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with two full-blown kids. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a toddler. This is a show about
1: life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, it's cute, till it isn't. Plus, Biz brought the fudge, Teresa makes some changes, and we talk to Jen... Lawn of the podcast Your Parenting Mojo. Woo! 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 <coughs> on the on the eighth day of Christmas, my true love brought to me a cold. Yeah, Hydrate. the woo definitely
0: <laughs> brought back that tickle in my throat. I am still sick, guys. But not really. But it's just there. Yeah. It's like still like there. I when, don't know.
1: When you're broken, yeah, it the wellness doesn't come as easy. No, yeah, like this this might be as good Is as it? well as I'm yeah. going to get forever. Yeah,
0: forever. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hanging in there. It just doesn't it doesn't seem to like fully get better. Like I. I <laughs> I've lost <laughs> track of, like, how many days in a row yeah. I've been taking, like, Sudafed and ibuprofen just, like, right. day after day because I, I wake up in the morning. I still need it. But some exciting things are happening mm. in my house. Namely, I stopped nursing Curtis. Whoa! Yeah. How are you? I'm fine. Yeah? Um, I stopped, like... A couple days before last week's yeah. show, but I didn't want to <laughs> say anything about it on that show because it was like Ooh. too new, yeah. And I wasn't sure how I was feeling about yeah. it. It's actually been good. It was, it was like one of those things where I was just like, it's just really t- like it's just really time. It was like only at bedtime, yeah, and sometimes on the weekends at nap time. And I was just like, I'm like, I'm sad that this is. Over, but really like I'm sad because he's so big now. Yeah. He's like almost three and I'm not really that sad to like stop, stop. nursing anymore. <laughs> like I'm that it's part more symbolic. It's more just yeah, yeah, it's more just like I and I can't stop time. So nope. with that in mind, I'm just going to stop nursing. And he's been doing really well with it. Occasionally, like it's not every night, but he's still he's still saying, "I'm not a big kid. I'm not a big kid. I want to nurse. I'm not a big kid." Um, so, I love that kid. I know he's great. Um, and so, but we're doing fine. Lots of hugs and snuggles and. I also, in the last few days, have started enforcing the like morning light thing with him and Oscar. Mm. Because as you guys know, Oscar has been in my bed mm. every night for years. years. He comes in in the middle of the night and to the point where he felt it was part of his routine that it was like expected of him. So, to, well, yeah. tonight when I get up in the night and I come get in bed with you, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like it was just something he always did. Um, And I kind of saw a window where he was so tired from kindergarten. Garden that he just wasn't doing it every night. Yeah, And I just started walking him back to bed. And then now he's just been sleep. He's just been sleeping longer. He just has been. And so I did the light thing. We got the, but I call the, it the bunny clock, even if it's, it's not a bunny. It's not a bunny clock, but, but it's the bunny clock. Yeah, And some of the mornings have been rough, but I'm like, you guys can, you can be in here till six, yeah. like six is is really early. Like that's so early. I don't want to be up with you before six. So like we made it six. And so for the last few days we've been doing that. And like some days have been okay. And some days have been great. And some days have been really frustrating and it's not resulting in like more sleep for me yet. (laughs) Yet. But I believe that it will. And I've totally let go of like, well, if one of them wakes up and they're hollering for me, they're going to wake the other one up because I'm like, well, if they wake the other one up, then they can just both stay in there. Yeah, <laughs> like I've good just job. totally, I've reached that point. I think where like, like Curtis doesn't feel like I need to protect right. his sleep as much as I did. Yeah. So it's good. It's a lot of like
2: change. progress Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, pro- I, and I, that's, change.
1: Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Because both of those. Impact you, yeah, like in both ways, yes. both sides of it, totally good impacts, bad impacts, yes, yeah. The sleep thing is such a fucking journey. Like yeah. I, li- Kate, you know, Ellis wakes up at the crack acid dawn. Still, yeah, he uses the bunny clock, right? For anybody who doesn't know what a bunny clock is yet, you will. But basically, it's like a clock that, you know, shows somebody asleep or is a different color when you're supposed to be asleep, and then will change colors. When you are allowed to leave your room, yeah, and you know he and Katie Bell, I hear them, and it used to be he would just stand and scream at her, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) until until she couldn't take it anymore, yeah. But now, like, they actually get up and play, or she'll be like, "You can come in and sit and like draw while I'm in bed," and I'm Uh like, "You have become the mother now, Uh, good, good. yeah, good job, thank you, good job, thanks." Mm. How are you? I'm good. I'm very much in the jolly spirit. I think I think a couple of years of therapy and medication under my belt, as well as integrating some past traumas, mm. I'm actually having a pretty damn good time. That's great. Yeah. The break hasn't started. I'm right. aware of what the future holds. Yes. But at the moment, I'm enjoying myself. Good. Uh, we've been doing lots of fun things, like a little advent calendar I made a million years ago. And everybody doesn't scream when it's not something they want in the mm-hmm. advent calendar. Like, nice. you know, kindness. <laughs> no! um, but I made the fudge. I've been uh. making the fudge for a while. And this, I make it really for Teresa now. It's my favorite thing she, on planet Earth. It is the densest, most like, I need a whole gallon of milk after a bite of it. Fudge. Not me. No, not <laughs> Teresa! Like, I feel like last year two years ago, you like texted me and you were like, No one gets this fudge. Yeah. I am eating all the yeah. fudge. I ate all of it. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. makes me so happy. Uh, you know, I wrapped some fudge up and sent it to school for some different people to, nice. you know, have the fudge. And, you know, I made the snack mix, the original Czech snack mix, mm. which I always put a little extra butter, a little extra Worcestershire sauce in it. Also, very yummy. Things are very festive and very cute. Which I think ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today, which is it's cute till it isn't. Please, take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the host of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you.
0: Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice.
1: Miss and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. I understand cute mm-hmm. up to a certain age point. And then I wonder... Do you age out of cute? Mm. I don't know. Is like one day it's not cute to mm-hmm. like coochie-coo and wave at a fireman. Mm. I, I don't know. I'm going to say no because I'm looking at myself. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But when I look at my children, sometimes others' children, mm-hmm. they're cute and then it isn't cute anymore, mm, Yeah, right? Yes. And I, I thought that could be fun mm-hmm. to talk about today because I feel like it's cute till it isn't is all about mm-hmm. where the line is. Right. And I can say successfully that as a parent, yeah, I have failed at identifying that line mm. until it is too late. And it is also a difficult line to like point out. Yeah. Because it it's kind of like squashing yes your children. Right. So with that said, you've got three in your experiment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute till it isn't yeah T- talk to me about it's cute till it isn't at your house for example all i can think about at your house is it's so cute that they like to play together until the hose comes through the mail slot oh, and no. is filling your house up with oh, water like
0: yeah it's cute well yeah i mean so the the main way this comes up regularly yeah. is with them playing together where <laughs> they're like it's I am still at the stage where, like, my kids are young, and when they play together, it delights me to no end. Like, it just is like, it's like the one time that I feel like, ah, I've done the right thing. (laughs) I have given my children siblings, and they love each other, and they're playing. Like, this is perfect. But a lot of times what they're doing is, like, you know... uh,
1: Plotting. (laughs)
0: Uh, well sometimes they do not as much anymore um, or at least at the moment but like they're saying or singing something loud together and they're cracking up and it's hilarious and that's so cute It is, and then it escalates to the point where either people are just kind of getting physically out of control or Mm. it's just really loud and hurting my ears or it's words that I don't enjoy Mm. hearing in my house and it's a quick switch where i'm walking through the house just proudly grinning at myself isn't that cute and then all of a sudden it's like all right you guys just stop it yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes that's it that's the thing to put our finger on right there yeah because that's it's almost like you know porn where it's like yeah you'll know it when you see it yeah it's hard to define yeah but when you see it you're like yep that's it yeah and that's that that's why that line is so hard to mm-hmm. recognize and I think my kids are fucking adorable yeah. I think they're super cute I think things that they do are cute and funny mm-hmm. you know like Ellis has really started enjoying drawing Mm -hmm. And that's great. The other day, Katie Bell drew like an eye on his forehead. Again, it was one of those, they're playing together. I don't give two shits. Mm -hmm. Yay, they're cute. And that was kind of cute. Right. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to have it on the next day. And I was like, oh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And then we came home from a date night. Some of you guys may have seen this on Instagram. And Ellis had not wanted to go to sleep and had decided to give himself a full body tattoo mm. uh, all over the face, hands, arms, stomach, legs, feet. It's wow. not cute. Though actually it was cute it and I like thought it was it was, that was cute. Yeah. There were elements of it that weren't yeah. cute. Like if it continues right. it will pass the threshold yeah. If of he does it again cute. you're done. It's not yeah. cute. And I think kids don't quite understand those limits yes. either. I can't remember like being in Katie Bell's third grade class and it was like just about that age where you could start kind of joking with kids and they understood. Yeah, But then when the joke needed to stop yeah. they couldn't understand... Yeah, they're the, like, well,
0: this was funny before. You yeah. liked it when I did this before. So I'm going to yeah. keep
1: doing yeah. it, and they don't yes. get that? Yes. And I think this falls into it. Yes. But it's interesting. The thing that makes me the most nuts also is singing. Mm. I, you know, think it is cute when my children sing, and they like to make up songs. Mm-hmm. Katie Bell really likes to make up songs. Okay. She makes up a lot of songs. And she likes to sing them Mm -hmm. all the time. All the time. And it's cute. Like at first I was like, I'm not gonna tell my kid to not sing and Mm -hmm. be creative. Right. I do like it's just like hard for those words to come out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. And when it started, it was like, that's cute. That's cute. Right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not bad. She'll go outside and do the like the hills are alive. With mm-hmm. The Sound of Music volume, <laughs> uh-huh. but it's not that song. It's some right. song she's made up about oh. like, you know, <laughs> I'm all alone and I'm in my hidden library and like, uh-huh. oh, oh, oh uh-huh. right. Like, okay, sorry, yeah. point of clarification. Is she
0: doing this with you as her audience or is she really in her own she's zone, really you in just her... happen to be a yeah. witness she's
1: really in her own zone this when is she's not outside. about you she's not expecting no. to be like noticed not all or... the time no okay so in her room in the shower outside the outside in particular i'm like you're welcome neighbors yeah but then did you hear the song mm-hmm. yes well, I'm going to sing it again for you. Oh, and then she'll uh-huh. sing it. Verses and songs don't have an end usually. Right. Like what should be like a minute-long song becomes... Like it's just... And you start going, uh-huh. yeah! yeah. Oh, there's okay! There's more. And it... <laughs> and it's all the time.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I... It, it's not cute. Uh-huh. Ah, uh, anymore. Yeah. I mean, I mean uh, so... Can I can I just
0: I I think if I were you, Mm -hmm. the thing that would make it stop being cute to me is the feeling that I needed to be like listening and reacting in a positive way. Well because like If you just, if your kid's just busy doing that, it's pretty easy to tune it out. But if she's expecting some acknowledgement or recognition, that gets old really
1: fast. half and half. So there's that. But then she'll come in and she'll just like circle the kitchen island while I'm cooking. Singing, singing, singing. Where she doesn't necessarily need me to say that's wonderful, but she is singing to me. She Uh needs some sort of like... Uh Aha. She's she's reaching out. She's reaching out like a shark circling prey. Yes. Sometimes she'll just be in another, like in the den doing it, which is why I say den, but it's like in our kitchen and like, you know, singing. And like she wants you to hear it. Right. But like yesterday, it transitioned into singing, like, things that she just needed to say out loud. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Will you help me brush my teeth and do the... Mm-hmm. Again, cute till it isn't. And I think a lot of the... What you just said, I thought was really interesting about the, like, if it doesn't require my attention... Yeah. It's cute. Yeah. But when it requires my attention, yeah. it's no longer... Hit. Yeah, then it's like she's asking something more yeah. of you, and there's something, and yeah. you know, and you start again. It's the slippery line of saying that's really nice. Right, like, I'm going to acknowledge you yeah. and recognize yeah. it. Lots of times, I have to say things like, "Okay, oh, Bell, I love hearing you sing. I love your voice. Those lyrics are so good. Right now, I'm focusing on yeah this. Oh my god, and I'm going to yeah. need you to do that." If you want yeah. to keep singing, I just need you to do it in your room. Or stop. Just so good. stop the singing. Yeah, uh, And so Ellis, of course, picks it up. And oh. he wants to sing, uh-huh. too. And that's cute. Yeah. Till it isn't. Yeah. And I feel like the other thing about, you know, you fill in the blank with whatever is uh-huh. cute till it isn't. Yeah. The other sort of like dark side of that uh-huh. is the fact that it's definitely something that if somebody else sees it, mm-hmm. they can't understand why you don't like it. Right. Why you don't think it's cute anymore. Right. Because it is cute. It's like when people yeah. give your kids a gift that's like a noisemaker. Yeah. Like jing, jing, jing. Like yeah, jingle. And bells. Like, look, they love it. Look, oh, it's cute. Yeah. Like four A.M. it's not Okay. okay, this
0: is interesting because I was thinking about how other yeah. people play into this like while you were talking because Katie Bell singing and that that interaction between the two of you kind of reminds me of the way Oscar, not all the time, but he'll sometimes just get a, on a roll of chattiness where yeah. he's just talking at me yeah. nonstop for like the longest time about stuff. And like if, <laughs> if like my brother was there or like a friend or like somebody who likes my kids yeah we would be like looking at each other and like giving each other a winky eye and kind of laughing and being like isn't he so cute and like listen to what he's talking about this is amazing like he listened to him talk and like all the stuff he's thinking about yeah whereas like most of the time though nobody else is there and so I'm just feeling like I can't think a thought right I now know, because yeah. there's this person and they just keep talking to me and I can't listen to him because yeah. I have my own thoughts in my head and I'm trying to do those thoughts and I can't do yeah. those thoughts and he's here and he won't stop but I have to acknowledge him I don't want him to feel like I'm going through yeah, this whole, the whole thing. thing and it's it could be that he is behaving the exact same way in those two
1: scenarios yeah and my reaction is completely different so it's cute when others are around and it's not cute when you're by, and I, but I think that's, yes, I agree. Because there, when Stefan's home and the kids are doing something, it is a lot easier to absorb the, like, anything that would make you crazy with mm-hmm. it. Because, yeah. yeah, you have somebody to be like, yeah, this is normal, right? It's okay. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah. But when you are alone, it can pass real quickly. Yeah. Into, like, the other place. Yeah. And... What also sucks is that, like, it's definitely the sort of thing that is our fault. Yeah. Like, because we don't, I mean, you and I, at least, I don't think have it in us. The moment our child does a thing Mm -hmm. that is cute, creative, whatever, brings them joy, are going to say, don't ever do that again. Yeah. Because that would definitely yeah. shut it down right. for future instances. But I, we couldn't. Yeah. And I think it's really fun to see our kids do a new thing yeah. or perfect a thing yeah. or just be finding joy in their world. Yeah. And that brings me joy. Yeah. I like to see it. Yes. Until it isn't. Right. And there's no way to define when that moment's going to come. Yeah. There's no way in the moment to, like, set anything up. You can't be like, oh, I love that you love drawing. Keep in mind, never draw on a wall, in a car, right. on your body. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, that is... Like, and you're... I'm going to be
0: really impressed the next 16 times. Yeah. But after that, I'm not going to be impressed anymore.
1: Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to... It's not going to wow me. It's so unfair. I,
0: right? It's yeah. so unfair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder I wonder how much like some of this, I think, is innate. Like we just lose patience. Yeah. But I think some of it is also as they're as our kids are getting older, we are also taking in like feedback from the world about what mm. is like what is good or cute right. for our kids to be doing. And like, <laughs> no, it's true. No, and so, like, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like how like kids run around naked. Yep. You know, until a certain age. And it's not cute anymore. And then it's not that cute anymore. Then it's kind of like why is that kid not wearing clothes right now yeah. in that house? Like <laughs> like we just like had right. been kind of like a naked house for so long and mm. then like we started having, you know, Gracie's educational therapist over once a week and like just different yeah. like different people and I just started realizing like I'm kind of ready for like people to be wearing pants at the table and like people to, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, like just things like that. And it's and it's sort of like it's interesting. It's like a fine line. Like, like, I think even with like Oscar coming in and snuggling with me in bed, like it was really only maybe a year ago that I was like, I love this. Yeah, I don't even care. Like, I don't I know it's not like good habits or whatever, but (laughs) it is so like I just love being close to him, you yeah. know, and like, and then it was like, I don't even know when it happened that I was like, this is not the way our relationship needs to be anymore. Like, this isn't cute to me anymore. Right. I love him, love snuggling with him and like everything. I just don't want him in my bed anymore. Like, it was like, no, there's, this like, is a, interesting. there's like a point where there's a shift and like, I think part of it is our natural sense of, like, our instinct of, like, what feels right. But then part of it is, like,
1: feedback we get from the world. Oh, yeah. You know, like... I I can remember going to people's houses and being, like, as a kid and, like, things that they did as a family or what were, like, family norms that obviously they thought was cute and fun and whatever. And I'd be like, whoa, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Right? And I'm, you know, I so that is such a good point about, like, lots of times behaviors are acceptable when you've got, like, a friend or a relative over. Yes. And you're like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. But there's that moment where a friend or relative comes over and sees something, and they're like, like, they just, (laughs) there's a beat. And you're like, oh, maybe I should rethink. Yeah. This. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, the nudity. I think there's lots of, like, family games that involve, like, tickling or picking up or snuggling or kissing that like make total sense at a certain age and then there's a line where you're like oh we should reevaluate this let's find a different way to show our affection yeah that's interesting it is interesting I, I also think it's interesting like
0: What things about our kids will just always be cute because we love them? Like, I think about Grace when she's asleep and I, like, go check on her right before I go to bed. And I just stand there and I'm just like, I am going to think she's cute asleep when she's 40.
1: Like, I could stare at her asleep forever. It's the cutest. And And it's cute when you say that right now at this age. Like, sure. Right. Like as an outsider listening, I'm like, that's cute. That's cute. Yeah. But that might not always. I mean, I don't
0: know. But also also things that are (laughs) things like that that our kids do. Might be cute to us, but not to someone else. Like I might see somebody else's kids sleeping, like especially an older kid. Like little kids, yeah. I think we're all like, oh my god, a little kids sleeping. That's pretty much always cute, right? But like an old, like I don't know if I would look at another eight-year-old and think they were cute asleep. I might just see an eight-year-old sleeping, like not nothing yeah. against that eight-year-old, yeah. but it's
1: like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's wrong it's like, with that eight-year-old. It's but just, I, no, but I I also really like the actual though. There becomes a a point in time when we as parents share things that we think are cute and they're not. To right. other people, true, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I'm listening to you talk about everything. I was with you the whole like. I love watching Gracie sleep. Yeah, and I'm gonna love it till she's 40. And then in my brain, I was like, if you oh. came to me and said, "Yeah, I'm just standing in her room, staring <laughs> at her whenever she comes home to visit. She's 40. I mean, yeah, her like that her, would partner's be so weird. Yeah. her partner's there. Her partner's there. Like, whatever. Yeah, I would be like, yeah. I don't know. That wouldn't be cute. That would be like yeah. super weird. It's like yeah. when you're like, 30-year-old son's like sitting on your lap and you're like, no snuggling. And you're like, yeah, I don't know where that is no. in the line of cute. Should we have put a limit on that? Because I think about Ellis, who's like, yeah. I will always want you to snuggle with right. me. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're like, no. no, you're not. And yeah. I can't because it it'll get weird. Yeah. Like, it'll get weird. Yeah. There'll be a point where, like, yeah. you coming up and kissing me on the lips yeah. is going to be it's weird. Like, start not For being me, weird. I already yeah. feel like, like, ah, but yeah. that's my own baggage. I know. <laughs> I'm just no, like, i just like, ah, don't know what to do.
0: But, yes. And I've also noticed that as I've gotten older, mm. the things that I think are cute are also extend beyond an age that I used to think was cute like I look at teens going into their high school when I'm on the way to work or whatever and I'm like look at the cute teens like they're so cute like I love teens I love them welcome to the loving no but I get it now like I'm like they are so like amazing you know like there's something so special and like that didn't come to me until now. Yeah, no, I'm with you. You know?
1: No, I, I am the same with the, like, going to the school when the whole school's together yeah. and seeing the difference between fourth and sixth graders yeah. and basking in all the puberty that's unfolding, <laughs> oh, like, the beginning stages of it, and yeah. it's just wicked effects on yeah. on these kids. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that is so cute. They're so cute. You're so cute. <laughs> There is nothing worse than being a prepubescent teen and being told, You're You're so cute. I have acne. That's so cute. (laughs) Let's make sure we remember to do that to our children. One Bad Mother is supported in part by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, get easy, seasonal recipes, and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. You guys know I'm not that big on
0: cooking, but HelloFresh actually makes it manageable for me because all of the meals are set up with pre-measured ingredients and they're all put together in one little bag so you can easily find everything and put the whole thing together and you get wow worthy dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. There's something for everyone from family recipes to calorie smart and vegetarian and fun menu series like Hall of Fame and Kraft Burgers. You can easily change your delivery days, food preferences, and skip a week whenever
1: you need. Get nine free meals! What? With HelloFresh by going to hellofresh.com/badmother9 and using code badmother9. That's hellofresh.com/badmother9 with code badmother9 for nine free meals. Wow. Oh my god. Oh my god. I saw what you did. Oh my god. I'm paying attention. Wow. You mom are a genius. Oh my god that's fucking genius.
0: Okay I have been shouting this to the rooftops all around town Mm -hmm. but I decided to I was so tired and overwhelmed that one day I angrily made a list of all the appointments for myself and for my kids that I am responsible for scheduling, moving if I need to move, getting people to, and then logistically covering for other kids during that time, like if there's a pickup or whatever. Just for this year, and it works out to like more than one appointment per day, seven days a week.
1: Oh my God.
0: And I was so validated by this experience Mm. because I was just like, okay. Now I understand why I am I feel so stressed out all the time and so overwhelmed. Like I yep. this is just so much stuff. Yeah. And it kind of gave me it just made me
1: feel like, yes, this is why. Yeah. This makes this, sense. The, and that's just like one faction of it. Yeah. It's so much. Yeah. Yeah. Good good job. Thanks. Good job. I was like, I didn't know which way that was gonna go. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, I think that's so good to have it on paper. Yes. Just leave that in places yeah, around the house. Yeah, just leave it around the house. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. Okay. I, for years, have just wanted to be the parent who was able to do thank you notes. Okay? Uh-huh. For my children. Yeah. Or get them to write them when they are old enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Or even write thank you notes for myself. hmm I have let that go. hmm Since the beginning. Yeah. Because every year I'm like I'm gonna do it, and I don't, and like lists of like birthday presents and Mm -hmm. things stay on the desk as if I'm gonna come back, and then when two months pass, I just ball it up and throw it away. Long gone. Right. I sat down the other day and I did thank you notes for Ellis's birthday. Amazing, and got him to sign all of them. Amazing. I kept them short and sweet. Yep, and then. The other thing was because it's fun to get mail, I put all their addresses on it so the kids are going to get it in, in the, mail. the mail. And I felt yeah. like this was one of those things where I'm like, hey guys, I read you notes. This is all about like I couldn't stop talking about it to Stefan. I was like, I did it. No, I did it. There are thank you notes. And look, here they are in a pile and they're all done correctly. And they're stamps and they're going to go out into the world today. Yeah, you're amazing. I did it. Yeah, you totally did it. My children are 10 and 6. And this is the first time (laughs) I've been able to do this since they were alive. I'm very impressed. I felt really good. Good job. Thank you. Hi, one-bed-mother. I'm calling with a genius. My
3: almost-two-year-old always, always, always tries to drink out of my to-go coffee cup, and it's always a big fight because, obviously, she can't have my coffee. But then I realized that
4: I have one of those free Starbucks holiday reusable to-go cups, so I just filled it with a little bit of water. Now, she has her coffee, and I have mine, and it's not a fight, and we even got to leave about 15 minutes earlier than expected for Thanksgiving because she's happy because she had
3: her coffee. (laughs) I'm doing a great job, and so are you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Good job. Very good job. I
1: love that. You know, it's the small, simple things. Again, no one would acknowledge that you did that. If they saw your kid walking around with that, they're actually probably going to assume you've given your baby coffee. Yep. But it's so it just made your life much easier, and you know we should be making it a national holiday. <laughs> I think it's great. You are doing a very good job. Good job. Failures.
0: Fail. 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 Fail! You suck. Fail me, Teresa. So we are deep into the Lego phase in our household. Mostly Oscar, but sometimes Curtis. And the problem we've been having is that Curtis tends to, like take apart the stuff that Oscar has like painstakingly, creatively put together. And it's just an ongoing challenge. And I had a little bit of a genius moment the other day where I set up two separate areas. And they can really play wherever they want in the house with the Legos, but if they want their own space to play Mm -hmm. with Legos or a place to leave something they're working on, they have designated areas right now. But, of course, Curtis is two and a half. So he's still learning about just, like, respecting those spaces in the house. And so we've had a lot of instances of, like, not noticing that he was off playing in Oscar's Lego area. And Oscar's just been pulling his hair out, like, losing his mind. like, And, you know, we're kind of trying to help everyone work with all aspects of this because it's such a such a conflict and it's like a part of life but also and like he needs to learn to deal with it appropriately but also it's so like frustrating and unfair that to have your stuff constantly taken apart (laughs) in the spot where you're leaving it where it's supposed to be safe this morning I just had the worst like I've also simultaneously been working with Oscar to like follow his morning routine schedule on his own and like do all the stuff before he plays and you know we've been working on that for like a year or two years so it's an ongoing struggle with him but the last week has been really bad and this morning it was like we were doing it and it was Monday and I was like we're getting there and he's calm and he's not losing his mind and he's not you know he's like he's calm and he's okay and he's like getting stuff done and I was feeling that feeling of like we're gonna do it we're gonna do it and then he goes uh mom uh is it okay if I just go check and see uh like about my cause you just get this feeling feeling. in the house like where is the two year old yeah and I was like I'll go check don't worry and I'm thinking to myself and I go in and sure enough like Curtis has really taken, taken, totally taken apart, like, a, a big thing that Oscar yeah. had worked on. And there was just no way for me to fix it. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't. And, no. And then Oscar did. He had a huge meltdown because it was, it, and so then it yeah. was like, I, I just felt, it was a fail because I felt like I'd done all these things <laughs> to, like, yeah. prevent this. And I was getting there this morning. It was going to be
1: okay. Oh. And then it just wasn't. It was yeah. like, no, you um, can't ha- you can't have I'm it. I'm <laughs> so sorry. Ugh, that's so much like uh, in the house. I'm sorry. Thanks. Okay. So I mentioned at the beginning of the show an Advent calendar and that for the most part, everything had been, everybody been enjoying. In the little Advent calendar, I'll put things like, you know, let's watch a Charlie Brown Christmas tonight or, you know... A, slippers. Or, you know, sometimes it's a little piece of garbage. And sometimes it's an activity. And usually there's a, you know, it's act of kindness day, you know, go do an act of kindness. And I usually give examples and all this stuff. I've done two. Both times, they've upset Ellis. The first time, it upset him a little. The second time, it upset him so much. And I want to be clear, Because I had said, no one's getting mad because they have to do it. It, He wasn't mad because it wasn't a toy or there wasn't an activity. He clearly interpreted that what I was saying was that he is not kind. And he's like... (laughs) I am kind all, every day. I am kind. I do that because at school, like, his whole class theme is, like, like kindness first, Uh right? And so they're always talking about kindness. He could not understand that I just meant, like, just an extra little thing aimed at a person. Like, tell somebody a joke. You know, draw somebody a picture. I am kind. Like, it was, like, the most unfair thing I could ask of him because he's already He's already kind. And it was so clear... That is how he was interpreting this thing, and I'm just like, "Well, fuck that. We are definitely not doing. Yeah, screw acts of kindness."
3: <laughs> Hi, this and Teresa. I'm calling with a fail that I think you'll enjoy. Um, I was trying to head out to meet up with some friends tonight, and. I um, was already a little bit late getting out the door, but I was finally getting out the door and I grabbed all my cell phone and my wallet and went to grab my keys and I could not, could not find my keys. I spent 20 minutes searching the house, looking in all of my jacket pockets, looking in all of my purses, looking in every room that I spend any time in re-looking through all of those spots because it had to be somewhere. I know I let myself in the house yesterday, so I knew they had to be somewhere in the house and I just couldn't let it go. But I finally had to just take the spare keys that we have. Thank goodness we had spare keys. Take the spare keys and, and resign myself to, to finding them later. And I finally got out to meet my friends. I was half an hour late to meet my friends. And I get settled in and I tell them my story. And later in the night I get up to do something and feel something in my sweater and apparently the whole time my keys were in my sweater pocket. I guess I picked them up to put them in my purse put them in my sweater instead and never thought to check my sweater pocket (laughs) in the 20 minutes I spent looking for these goddamn keys. (laughs) So the good news is I found them before I dug through the garbage because that was going to be the next step. Um, The bad news is that I'm about 29 weeks pregnant now and it looks like the super brain is definitely setting in, so I'm gonna have to start leaving reminders for myself or something. But anyways, that's my that's my fail. You guys are doing a great job. Bye.
1: I like that like I, I can only imagine keys like mine, which mm-hmm. is like I on a big handle so that yeah. I can find that. They're they are chunky. Yeah. And they are you know, until I can't find them in my purse. Otherwise they would be Large, yeah. bulky items, and I like that you're at this place where something. And I'm just gonna imagine they're large, bulky, and not too petite keys mm-hmm. on a loop in your sweater pocket. Mm-hmm. So that's like on you, yeah. banging against you like all day. Yeah, it's like a sweater. Yeah, right. It's not a canvas. You're not wearing a canvas bag Mm-mm. as a shirt. Yeah. it's a sweater. It's just like how long you were able to go without noticing without that those were on noticing, your body, on your body. Yeah. That just makes this such a sweet, beautiful fail. I mean, I, I know you know this, but I want to make sure I really point it out. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's like an out-of-body
0: experience. Yes,
1: <laughs> it is. Yeah, looking
0: for your keys.
1: I oh, know. Well, you're doing a horrible job. Yep. You don't deserve keys. <laughs>
0: you are the greatest mom I've ever known.
2: I love you. When I have a problem, I
0: call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by StoryWorth. A great part of the holidays is reconnecting with family, swapping stories and reliving moments together. But keeping these memories alive can be hard, so give your family a meaningful gift this year, StoryWorth. It may
1: surprise you, but my family's got stories. (laughs) (laughs) I never wrote any of them down. And my memory is shot because I've had children. (laughs) But I want my kids to know these stories. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones tell the story of their lives through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. Every week, StoryWorth emails your family member different story prompts, questions you may have never even thought to ask, like, what's one of the riskiest things you've ever done? After one year, StoryWorth will compile every answered question and photo you chose to include into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free.
0: Preserve and pass on memories with StoryWorth, the most meaningful gift for your family. Sign up today by going to storyworth.com badmother. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash
1: badmother for $20 off. Hey, Teresa, let's call someone today. Teresa, this week we are going to talk to Jen Lumenlin, who holds a master's in psychology focused on child development and another in education. She hosts the podcast, Your Parenting Mojo, which is a reference guide for parents of toddlers and preschoolers based on scientific research and principles of respectful parenting. What? (laughs) Do we have eight hours? All right. In each episode, she examines an issue related to child development from all sides so parents can understand what the body of research says about it and how to use this information to align their day-to-day parenting with their goals for raising their children. No, I mean it. Do we have eight hours? Hours just to talk about <laughs> one very I specific do. thing. You yeah, you do. do. Great. <laughs> Welcome, Jen. Thank you. It's great to be here. It is so great to have you here. And before we get in to all the things that I'd like to get into, we'd like to ask you, who lives in your house?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a couple of other people, including me, uh, or besides me, I guess. Um, my husband is also in our household, and he's a photographer. And my five-year-old daughter, Karis.
1: Oh, five. I can't uh, imagine how yeah. any of your master's degrees apply to parenting a five-year-old.
4: <laughs> no, no. They, they really have nothing to say about
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's start with, tell us about, I mean, this, it is a very helpful podcast, but why did, <laughs> besides just helping me specifically, why did you uh, decide to start the podcast?
4: Well, to help me specifically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so much support for parents when they are in the younger phase, kind of the pre-mobile phase, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, the wonder weeks and how, how your child is changing through that period of time. And honestly, yes, you're getting used to it and it's all new and, uh, and it's hard from that perspective. But from the perspective of actually stuff you need to do beyond keeping the kid from (laughs) uh, accidentally starving to death. There's (laughs) there's not too much to know. But then I found that once I got to the stage where she was mobile, and all of a sudden, it's not just keep things away from her, and she'll be fine, but keep her from getting into stuff. And then you need to start negotiating about things and, and keep her from getting into things. And I realized that a whole different set of skills was needed. And I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I had basically no parenting instinct whatsoever So, uh, but I have really good research skills and so I thought, okay, well this is a problem that can be solved with research. <laughs> Yay, research! <laughs> so, yeah, so that that was why I went back to school and got a master's in psychology, basically a bit of framework around it and make sure I wasn't missing anything important and then I realized how much I was learning and, and how much other parents could benefit from this and I just thought, you know, this is really silly to do all this reading and writing and not share it with anyone. Well, it's, so, tr- it's um, true.
1: I mean, like, I think you were, mm-hmm. what you you were just saying about that time preschool to you know toddler and preschool i feel like a lot of the questions that i do have stem from is this normal what my kid yeah. is doing and uh, and then that's always you know a spiraling uh, concern that I, that i then have so because your show is based in research what's your process for each episode Do you pick something that your kid's doing and go, "How's that? Why is my kid doing this?" (laughs) Or uh, or is is there something more scientific to it?
4: Well, I, it's it's a little of both, to be honest. And when I started out, there was definitely more of the former, and now there's a lot more coming from listener questions. Mm. Uh, because listeners will email me and say, "Hey, what is this normal?" <laughs> right? Is this normal? <laughs> and yeah, on on that kind of it's it's cute till it's not cute topic. I think there are a, a couple of different things on that. You know, firstly, there's a, a huge range of what is normal, right? Right. Um, one, one child will start doing something way earlier than another child, and then secondly, we have these expectations in our mind of what a child should be doing by a certain age that pretty often are not rooted in any kind of uh, research. And so a regular example of this is is emotion regulation. And so we expect our children, when we say no, to not have a tantrum. And it turns out that they just don't have the skills that we Expect them to have until so much later in their development, awfully a year or two later than parents are ready for tantrums to be over, and they just they just can't use other other emotion regulation tools yet. And so it's this mismatch of expectations that creates a lot of
1: problems. Ooh, expectations. Yeah, I mean, I know mm-hmm. some people. Maybe when I look in a mirror, that are still trying to regulate <laughs> their emotions now as a full grown yep. adult. <laughs> What sort of feedbacks and questions do you get from your listeners? Is there, is, there, is there like one thing that you're like, oh, man, why aren't there more books written about this? This seems to be what everybody's concerned about.
4: In some ways, it changes with the season. Right now, of course, it's a lot about Santa. Right, right. <laughs> and there aren't so many books about that. Um, emotion regulation is always a hot yeah. topic um and you know when is my child gonna stop having tantrums when is my child just going to be able to accept when i say no <laughs> and and when are they going to when after i've told them not to do something a hundred times when are they actually going to not do it anymore and 30. that process of developing that capability of of thinking, you know, I, I hear what my parent is saying, and I'm able to put the brakes on that. And they'll start by actually saying aloud what you said, mama said, don't touch. Yeah. <laughs> and then that process becomes internalized. And then eventually, they're actually able to stop doing it. Because all, all through that early phase, they they can't stop themselves from physically doing it, even though they're telling themselves don't do it. And so yeah, that's that's always a perennially hot topic as well.
1: I really like the idea that we're all just writing you saying, when will my child listen to me? <laughs> You're like, maybe never. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I gotta. I like... there are other... Yeah, I just think that's like a, a, it's a very poignant question that I have asked the universe <laughs> Many times. Let's, uh, you, your episodes cover a huge range of topics, but I think I'd love to touch on stereotypes. You have talked about how children develop stereotypes, gender, race, etc., and what parents can do to overcome these. Can you tell us what the research says on this? Because I would have probably asked that question in a much more panicked way. given, like, my fears of my children, like, just saying something that I'm like, wait, we don't do that! (laughs) We don't say that! Why are you saying that? Anyway, so talk to us a little bit about that.
4: Yeah, it's actually a really fascinating process of how this all develops, and I I covered it through a series of episodes on uh, things like um, Parenting Beyond Pink and Blue, and um, how do social groups form, and And I did a whole series on white privilege and the intersection of race and parenting. So it's been something I've kind of teased out for myself and and my listeners at the same time over a period of a couple of years. And the the process that I've, I've come to understand is that basically we all organize things by groups. It's just how our brains work. And, and we, especially when we're younger, tend to look for the essential qualities of these groups. And, mm-hmm. and it's really easy for us to misunderstand what these essential qualities are. And so some research that has looked at this, the, the researchers asked children, if there's a boy raised on an island with women and girls only who like to play with tea sets a lot, what will the boy want to do when he grows up? And so the children, when they're asked this question by the researchers, are pretty likely to say the boy is going to want to grow up to be a firefighter. (laughs) Even though he's never seen a firefighter before, he he has no idea what a firefighter is in this thought experiment. But children think there's something essential about boys that's true to them, that's innate, that's unchangeable, and that that has a lot to do with being a firefighter. When actually so much of what it means to be a boy or a girl, or even those categories themselves, are based on how we're socialized. So that's kind of how it starts. And then children use these ideas to form in-groups and out-groups. And so, you know, I I am a girl, and so I must want to hang out with the girls because girls are at their essence different from boys, and therefore boys are in the out-group for me. And so that leads to this voluntary gender segregation that we see in schools where our, our girls are socializing themselves to be more and more girl-like because that's who they're spending time with. And, of course, the boys are doing that on, in the other corner <laughs> by themselves.
1: So what do we, because, I mean, we, we know so much more now about gender. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm using that as an example, uh, though there are so many groups we like to put ourselves in oh, or yes, point out. <laughs> what then does the research say about uh, what parents can do? Mm hmm. Yeah, well,
4: there's actually a lot that you can do. And and I think you're absolutely right to point out that there is a parallel process for other kinds of groups like race, where Mm -hmm. children see in the media all the time, you know, which race is always the one in charge, right? Pretty easy to answer that question, and and there was a fascinating PhD study that embedded the the uh, student in a class, a preschool class for a couple of years, and she followed what they're doing, and she found that you know the white kids are trying on this identity of being in charge all the time, and seeing if they get caught, seeing what happens if they do get caught, and chances are not they don't get caught, and not much happens if they do, and Mm. this is in a preschool class where. The teachers and the administrators are really priding themselves on the tolerance that they have on their campus. And so each, each one of us, myself included, thinks that our child is a darling
1: <laughs> and that they Until would they never aren't.
4: engage in this behavior. But right. in reality, they're, they're all doing it. Yeah, they're all they're all trying out these different identities. And so, yeah, there's a there's a ton that we can do, actually. We can read books that feature all different kinds of people. And there's a couple different avenues you can go on with this. I mean, firstly, books about black and Latinx and native activists and people with disabilities who are fighting for their rights. So you see those stories, but also books about people who are just being people. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's the reading the books angle. And then, of course, a lot of it comes down to who are you friends with? Yeah. Who, who are your children seeing as being important in your lives? And um, I did interact with a parent one time who said that, uh, you know, she's not too worried about her children getting exposure to all different kinds of people because they ride the bus and they see uh, different kinds of people on the bus. And and the research says that's not really exposure to yeah. other people. That's not helping us to understand truly what those person's concerns are and see them in in their essence, you know, not as a group essence, but in their individual essence. So we need to have friends. All of us need to have friends from all different backgrounds. Um, on on the gender topic, where 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 gender
1: isn't relevant, don't point it out. Yeah,
3: <laughs>
1: which is surprisingly most of the time It is not that important. It is. It really is. All right. I would like to talk specifically about one of the episodes that you did, uh, episode 49, How to Raise a Girl with a Healthy Body Image. Uh, mm-hmm. And in it, you talk about our culture's obsession with appearance and how that can hurt girls and women and, duh, and you say that you intentionally do not tell your daughter that she's pretty. And... Right. I, guess I would l- love to hear about that because it's so funny in our house I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I grew up with my mother telling us that she thought we were pretty all the time she also told us we were smart mm-hmm. she also told us there were no limits I mean it was pretty wasn't the only thing I grew up in the south mm-hmm. I know some people who've been told their whole lives only that their looks are important and You know, I have feelings about being able, you know, saying it to my daughter and my son. He's pretty, too. (laughs) And but it always goes with you're also super smart and kind and funny and like all these things. And I know that for me, it helped me when I didn't feel pretty. Right. Like because Mm. I'm constantly surrounded by as a especially as a kid by images that I was definitely not a reflection of awkward and a variety of other things that weren't on the magazines that I saw or the videos that I saw, I always, somewhere in the back of my mind, had that little okayness with how I looked because of my mother always saying that to us, right? Even though if no one else thought that. Mama did. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I'm, you know, I'm always, but I'm always interested in like the research and all of that too because, you know, I, I could be doing things probably better
2: <laughs> talk, to,
1: talk to me talk to me about that yeah so I mean this
4: this is this is a really important episode for yeah. me and I go into this a little bit at the beginning of the episode you know my mom actually starved herself to death when I oh was 10 yeah so this is this is one of those topics where yeah it's not like I feel there's a ton of flexibility here for me to screw this up.
2: (laughs) Right. No, yeah.
4: This is one of those things I need to get right. (laughs) And so when I was thinking about this book, I I read a book by Dr. Renee Engelm called Beauty Sick. And so I I interviewed her about the approach that she takes in that book. And and she's talking about the colossal amount of time that girls and women spend about thinking about how they look and, and how that detracts from the time and energy we have to think about things that we really care about, things that are important to us. Yeah. Um, And she, she said, it's like carving off a little piece of your consciousness and then dedicating it to solely monitoring how you look to make sure everything's in place and everything looks okay. And how, how does that manifest itself? Well, our girls will post a picture of themselves on Instagram. And if they get 50 likes, then they feel okay about how they feel uh, about how they look that day. And if they don't get those 50 likes, then they know they don't look okay. And they spend the whole day worrying about it. And so I, I, I am so glad that I didn't grow up in a where there was Instagram I and there was Facebook. Wouldn't it be so much harder?
1: Yeah, it would. And I, I do want to say, again, one of the other reasons I love doing this show is that like the story I shared right there at the beginning about my mom, it, you know, we, that's so unique to the, you know, environment that. I I was raised in and what she and Papa mm-hmm. decided, you know, they raised us as feminists. They, ra- you know, so that word didn't carry the connotation that, say, someone growing up in a house with people who are suffering from, you know, eating disorders. And, you know, that, that does, it does put, we didn't, you know, mama never gave us makeup to put on, right? You know, like it's versus, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, friends who, again, Deep South, you know, were in makeup. You know, by sixth grade. Right. And, mm-hmm. and had very specific looks. So I just want to So thank you for I'd like to keep going. Thank you. I like reminding myself (laughs) I'm not the only person on the planet. Go ahead.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, what you're talking about, about not telling a a girl that she's beautiful, and I think that that probably goes against the instinct that a lot of parents have. Sure. Because we want our children to believe that they're beautiful and to to know that we think they're beautiful. And so Dr. Engelm's point on this is if that is one of the primary messages that you're conveying to your child then what you're doing is you're telling her that's important, that it's important to be beautiful, mm-hmm. it's important to be pretty. And if you're not, I mean, not all children are objectively beautiful by our standards. And that's, that can be, it, it's pretty hard to live up to our, <laughs> our the standards that are found in the media, right? right? You have to be white, you have to be skinny. Your lips, lips have to look a certain way. Your nose has to look a certain way. And if you don't fit that mold, it's a lot harder to perceive yourself as beautiful. Right. And so when we are giving our children these messages very consistently about their looks, they're learning, oh, looks are really important. This is something I need to pay attention to. And so what her advice was is, so basically, whatever you're doing right now, however often you're saying it right now, you probably want to say it a little bit less than you are right now <laughs> so that you're, <laughs> you're giving your child messages about other things that are important, right. too. And I think your parents probably found a really good balance there in also finding other things that are important.
2: Mm. Um,
4: and I guess the, the caution I would have with the way that you, uh, you phrased it around, you know, you're smart and you can do anything right. is sometimes you can't always feel smart. Yeah, <laughs> right. Some, <laughs> right. um, and what we're what we're doing when we're telling our children that is we're essentially praising them we're essentially trying to tell them oh you put a lot of effort into this and it seems as though you learned a lot from it and so it would be more helpful for a child to understand that process rather than us jumping right to the you're smart factor because maybe maybe they didn't put a lot of effort into right. it and they <laughs> and they look at us and think well She doesn't know very much. Right. (laughs) She thinks I'm smart for doing this when actually it was really easy. (laughs) Well, it's just because I'm pretty. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, the teacher gave me a higher grade because I'm pretty. I guess that's that's another another episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, how can we, besides my theory on telling my children they're pretty every day, uh, how can we talk to our kids about... Their bodies and other people's mm-hmm. bodies, uh, because it's not this isn't just about people who identify as girls. This is I mean, it image is important and ties into everything our kids are kind mm-hmm. of seeing. So how do we talk about their bodies, our bodies and other people's bodies in a less in a way that will fuck them up less? Because <laughs> that's our goal. Not the ultimate goal is that. Yeah.
2: Yes. Right.
1: Yes, it is.
4: <laughs> well, I think there are a few things that we can do. One of them is to recognize the amazing things that our bodies can do. And no matter what they look like, no matter what abilities we have, our bodies can do amazing things. And and it's really tempting as, as we women get older to look at our arms and see they're a bit saggier than they used to be. They might be a bit bigger than they used to be. But they give our children the hugs that sustain them. (laughs) And, I mean, what more important function is there in life for ARMS than to convey that message to a child of you are loved? And so we all have these bodies that are able to do amazing things. And if we can focus on that, kind of our body as an instrument, that helps mm. us do things that are important and not an object that everyone gets to comment on and everyone gets to judge and that we end up judging ourselves as well, then that, I think, really shifts the focus from uh, from appearance to what we can do and, and what our bodies can do. And then I think one reason that we talk to children about their looks is we we don't know what else to talk to them about. <laughs> so we meet a girl, maybe we, we're out on the street, we meet a friend, she's got her daughter with her, and we know we want to say something to the daughter, but we're we don't really know what, and so mm. we just say something, oh, you have really pretty shoes, or oh, your hair is beautiful, or something like that, when instead we could ask them what they're reading and what they're interested in and what they're learning about. And so that gives them a message. This is what is valued, what I'm learning about and reading and, interesting and is interested in is valued, and not just what kind of shoes I have on and whether my hair is curling nicely today.
1: Oh, that's good. That's like – because, I mean, I think – those other, the the nice shoes, nice hair are really easy ones. They come out of my mouth yeah. all the time. No matter who <laughs> I'm, you know, no matter who's in front of me, adult mm-hmm. or child, <laughs> I'm like, you look so nice today. You know, that kind of thing. But I, I do like the, you know, trying to change the instinct that sometimes, I mean, we constantly talk about things come out of our mouths way before our brain catches up to say, that eh, uh, you could have said something else there." And usually, a lot of times, it's just because we're tired, right? And like, yeah. Uh, so, trying to get into that habit and retrain how we speak to each other, I think, is is a wonderful challenge uh, to mm-hmm. give ourselves. Jen, I just want to say thank you for coming on to talk to us and the the podcast, Your Parenting Mojo. It is really helpful. We are big research fans because we are not scientists (laughs) or (laughs) experts. And so we, especially when it comes to the very difficult ages of toddler and preschool, those are really hard ages uh, Mm -hmm. to have in your house, however those ages got into your house. And so this podcast really helps tackle a lot of those big questions and concerns we have, as well as just, you know, remind us that we can, you know, always do things even better tomorrow. <laughs> and, and I know you're saying that in jest, but honestly,
3: that, yeah. that's
4: such a key to parenting. It's such a key. We, we beat ourselves up for not doing things right. Yeah. And all we can do is do the best that we're doing in the moment, and if we screw it up, which we're going to do because we're humans, because we all screw up, we just start again tomorrow.
1: Yeah, that, yes. that's it, right? We we just has... start again
4: tomorrow, and we do better tomorrow. And so, yeah, that's 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 so critical, it's such a, a, an important thing for parents to remember, I think, because we we're under we're so tired. We're under so much stress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I, my goal with the podcast is to bring that research together so that you don't have to read all these you know, 50 peer reviewed studies to understand what's going on with the topic. You can listen to an episode and, and understand it and, and feel like you have
1: confidence in choosing a path forward. Yes. I love it. Or, or another path another day. I love it. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, Jen, thank you so much for joining us. We'll make sure we link everybody up to Your Parenting Mojo podcast. Uh, obviously, they can download it wherever they get their podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It
3: was such a pleasure.
1: Oh, it was our pleasure. Have a good holiday season.
4: <laughs> thank you.
1: <laughs> <Thanks>. You too. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye. send a message, pick up the
5: It's like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner meets Cruising. And if it helps seal the deal, I can flex my muscles while we record each episode. I'm sorry, this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here? Ify, quick! Start flexing! Bicep, lats, chest. Who shot you? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, James. Hey, Nakay. What we doing, girl? We are inviting the awesome listeners of Maximum Fun to join us at Minority Corner. Ooh, fun. But you know how we go on Tangent City. We're the joint mayors. We're not going to do that, okay? Soup's focus. Okay, so Minority Corner is where you can all come and get your pop culture take. Plus, social commentary, news, and TV movie reactions like Avengers Endgame. No spoilers here. Ooh, snap. Sometimes we dig into the vaults and we review and recap those movies you missed. Got you, Halle Berry's kidnapped. I love how she always gets 1,000%. Like Beyonce. Did you see Homecoming on Netflix? She was burning it down like the mother of dragons. Have you seen the latest Game of Thrones? So good. Only thing missing? More, more black, black people. people. What do you think about Mayor Pete? Wait a minute, James. We went on a tangent? Yes. Ah, well, join us every Friday for more tangents.
1: On Maximum Fun. Your parenting mojo, a delight. hmm And I, really, what we've talked about a million times on the show is so much of what our children are struggling with, therefore we struggle with, Mm -hmm. really is developmental. And I I feel like once we figure that out, every time I realize this is what my child's supposed to be doing right now, Mm -hmm. and I'm really just in charge of helping them navigate this, Mm -hmm. the pressure like falls off of my shoulders. And so check out the podcast. It's very insightful. Yeah. You know what's also insightful? Listening to a mom have a breakdown.
5: Hi, I am calling with a rant. It is currently about two weeks after Thanksgiving. And um, this is the first morning that my children have not had complete and utter meltdowns. Like, Thanksgiving travel was so disruptive that they have just been nightmare beasts. Hitting, screaming, yelling, melting <laughs> down. They're two and the a half and six, okay? Like this. <clears throat> so why am I calling today? Is today this is is me? Yeah, might be you. I haven't had a nightmare meltdown getting out of the house in the morning. Because right now it is nine o'clock. And I just left my toddler at preschool. Usually we are here at eight o'clock. So what took so long if he wasn't melting down? He was just being a toddler. I kept my cool the entire time. But, like, he wouldn't put on his clothes. He wouldn't get out of the car. He wouldn't get in the car. He uh, decided he was scared of trucks. I don't know. It just took 15 minutes at school to leave him. Like, even when I'm doing it right, and even when they're not melting down, it is just so hard. I am... hour late starting my day and i'm just it is so exhausting (laughs) it is so exhausting (sighs) and i really just need to go hide in the bathroom (laughs) but instead now i have to you know start the real paid work of the day (laughs) anyhow are you all doing a great job thanks for the show thanks for this hotline you all hiding in the bathroom
1: soon. Bye. I always like it when people call, and at some point in their call, they just start making noises. Like they're just like, <laughs> oh, uh, ah, like, <laughs> ah, like there's no words. They can't, like, they just, oh, like, they I just assumed she was coughing. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm like this. Oh, ah. Yeah. I imagine uh just no longer being able to speak words and yeah. only to grunt our frustrations out into uh the void why i think this is a fun call is that she says there it wasn't a tantrum mm-hmm. it wasn't a meltdown that caused us to be so late you know i wasn't yelling and my child wasn't melting down they were just being a toddler mm-hmm. You're being very kind in how you phrased all that, by the way. Good job. But, like, not wanting to get in a car, suddenly afraid of trucks, you know? Like, all of that, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter that they're not screaming. That's still so much work. Because you want to scream. When they're screaming, you realize we've hit, like, a wall, and now we have to ride this out. But when they're just like, I don't want to get into the car. Yeah. Oh, that's when you want to be like, you will not get in this car. Yeah. And we will like Hulk out right like it's that's so hard and we've been I I feel like the loss of time Mm -hmm. the loss of time due to things we have to do as a parent be it all the scheduling Teresa that you've been doing the loss of time that sounds like you lost a whole hour of your life yeah uh, just because your kids like I don't want to get in the car it's just doing developmentally as we know what they should be doing. But those like minutes and hours add up. Like I Mm -hmm. currently, every time I pick up a fucking plate and I know I should be like, Katie Bell, come get your plate. Mm -hmm. Right? But I'm like, then I have to call and I'm right here in front of the plate. Mm -hmm. Right? (laughs) Like those, those are moments that are adding up to time lost. Yep. And I hear you and it's exhausting not having that, hour it does make you tired and not losing your shit Mm -hmm. makes you even more tired Mm -hmm. oh it takes so much energy to not lose your shit and i you're doing a good job and we see you getting to your day an hour late it's okay we're all late too you are doing a good i mean really this whole call represents what a good job you're doing agreed you really are, yes. Teresa, what did we learn today? We learned our children are cute. We learned that uh, when we're alone, they're less cute. <laughs> we learned that when people are watching us, sometimes that makes our children cute again, mm-hmm. or or less cute. less cute. Yeah, less cute. Depending. Yeah, depending. You know, when your 20-year-old is still talking baby talk Mm -hmm. and calling it Starblocks, maybe, maybe things went too far. (laughs) So maybe all we learned is that we have no idea what too far is (laughs) until it's staring us right in the face. We've also learned from our lovely guest that children are probably doing what they're supposed to be doing developmentally. The problem is, Uh, We want them to already be developed (laughs) because helping them through those developments is tiring. And, yeah, there are some days we're great at it. We're nailing it. We did it. Thank you notes out the door. Meltdown's not happening. You know, like we did it. Food got in people's mouths. It was great. And then there are other days where helping them navigate it is exhausting. And why is it exhausting? Because it's leaving us very little room for the development that we as individuals are going through we are still developing too guys okay there's still needs and things that we have to meet for ourselves and those get really lost which is why you are doing a really good job it's a happy or shitty time of year right now whichever one you get to pick from the menu you're tired and there are kids in your house that's a recipe for something probably a cookie that you don't like. You are doing a very good job. Teresa, you are doing a very good job. Thank you, Biz. So are you. Thank you. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye.
5: I got to load down Mama Blue. I got to load down Mama Blue.
1: We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of
0: podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, daddy...